Welcome to episode 11? 11. Is it 11? It's 11. This is awesome. I actually didn't even remember, but somehow I did. Uh, episode 11 of Identical Cousins. Indie Life, three weeks in. Three weeks in. Brent. Hey, cousin. How's it going? Oh, man. I'm sick. Uh, dude. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you taking for that? <laughs> Pretty much nothing. I, uh, you have the a... famous Simmons constitution. You'll be... <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I'm, <laughs> I'm taking Simmons for this. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just... But yeah, I, I, I woke up yesterday with a sore throat and then it just kind of progressed downhill. But I got over the hump this morning. Last night was like, you know, when you have like the rough time sleeping because you're just like, mm-hmm. you know, pile of tissues and everything. Yeah. But uh, I, I think I'm over. But I, I just hate being sick because you're just like, just unhappy. Yeah, sure. I like being happy. Yeah, totally, totally. And most people who know me wouldn't like understand that I like being happy because I'm usually a grouch and like ripping everything <laughs> apart. But like, that's but you, just you, you know. You can't be happy if you can't be miserable. That's right. I that's mean, right. Come on. Thank you. All right. Good. Yeah, this is why we're cousins. That. Yeah, totally. Exactly. So, um, yeah. Well, as the title said, I kind of want to get right into it. You know, I know some of our listeners have said they don't like the news. We had kind of made a decision. We're not doing news. Obviously, if there's things to discuss with the news, we'll do it. But I think for this episode, we should just get right into it since it is really three weeks in for you being indie life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, since I've been doing it a lot longer, I, I think it's good for us to not only compare notes, but kind of maybe inspire some listeners who are thinking about making the jump or the listeners are already doing it to let them share in our awesomeness. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I think so far, uh, the first thing to note is three weeks in, I, I haven't uh, shipped an app yet and I haven't started making a whole bunch of money. Right. Well, that sounds like you're right on track. <laughs> That's to be expected three weeks in. So anytime you go into, you have to know that there's going to be a period of time where there just isn't a whole lot of, uh, of money coming in. So you prepare for that. Um, but, you know, that's no big deal. I, I'm not in danger of, of not being able to afford tuna flakes for my cat. Everything's fine. So you ha- basically you're saying you actually were aware of your finances, expenses, and future, so to speak, and actually considered that before making the jump, right? Exactly. So Okay, so takeaway tip number one, because this is important if you're thinking about going indie. We actually received an email recently from someone who wanted to go indie and wanted to know pros and cons. And the first thing I point out is is the risk. You have to be aware of the risk. I mean, sorry, it's a risk, right? Yeah, that's right. And, and one thing for sure is you're going to go some period of time without any additional income. Yep. And, and you got to be ready for that. If you're not ready for that, well... You should listen to our podcast because we would have told you. That's right. One thing we did when Flexibit started, we started it back in 2010. Um, we had some initial investment from our own pockets that was sort of like, you know, to pay the bills because we had an artist and we, you know, icon from Icon Factory. We had bills, right? You know, you're going to have bills with an app if you're going to do it right. Yeah. Um, obviously paying for servers and stuff like that. I mean, not expensive costs, but you still need money to get started because you're going to be spending money. Yep. We, um, we actually took on contract work, and this is interesting, so I will definitely make sure I point out the double-edged sword on this, but we took some contract work, as I think you know we did the App Shopper app, and that came about because Arn's a friend of ours, Arnold Kim from App Shopper, and we, we wanted to do the app. Like this was, We don't want to do contract work. That's not what we're looking to do, but for this specific app, we wanted to do it. It was kind of a way to make money, but it was very deliberately planned that it would not interfere with Fantastical. Mm-hmm. We made a plan. We talked to him. We told, I mean, the good thing is he was a good client that knew us. We were friends. That's the only reason why we did it. Oh, sure. Because huh? we knew it would, yeah. yeah. So my point is, is that you want to try to, it might be a good idea thinking about if you can do some contract work and it's someone that could be a friend and be understanding to augment your income as a possible plan B. And we did that. Granted, it, it soaked up some of the risk, which is fine. But, you know, we had the risk also of Fantastical being a flop because as you know, contract work can easily get taken out of, uh, <laughs> it can get out of hand and, you know, you're, sure. you're, you focus on that rather than your own app. And we wanted to make very sure that we're doing our own app, not contract work. That's not the business we want to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had a lot of friends who, who just, just keep getting sidetracked by contract work because, you know, that money's nice, right? Oh, it's, and, and, it's, and it's in a sense guaranteed. I mean, look, when you went indie, I'm sure you had offers and probably opportunities to do contract work, did you not? Yeah, and you just got to 
if, if you're not going to do it, you just got to say no. And say exactly. And keep saying no. It, yeah. No, no, exactly. And to make it clear, we had gotten a bunch of offers other than Arn, but we had turned them down because they were like contract, like true project works. Mm-hmm. And we're like, no way are we getting sidetracked. And that's the important takeaway on this is, you know, you may think that you're lowering your risk by doing contract work, but you're really giving up your time and your dream and your passion and the time you would put into your own app. Mm-hmm. So for us, it was a bit of a lucky, serendipitous, good thing that Arn was such a good friend and willing to understand, hey, he's kind of second fiddle to Fantastical. Right, that makes sense. And it all worked out. Yeah, because otherwise, you know, say say you want to go indie, you could work a day job and then work on your side projects at night. Uh, But if you then go indie, but all you've done is replace your day job with contract work during the day, you're still in that situation where you're just doing your, your side project at night and weekends and taking away from, you know, um, other fun and good things you should be doing outside of the office, probably. That's it. And the whole trade-off there is you may be getting money that helps you live, but the dream that you have of going indie and shipping your own app is put on the back burner. Just as far away as ever. Yeah. It is. And it's hard enough. Look, it's hard. Now, now we're focused. We we aren't doing any contract work. We're sort of working with Arn on some stuff, but it's not, you know, it's not even as close as it was back then. And the thing is, we still get side tracked and backburnering things. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. e- even without this stuff. So I'm just making it clear that you can try to potentially do contract work, but it could really sidetrack you. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I have to say, I did, I did do one thing that's sort of like contract work. Um, oh yeah. Uh, I recorded some tutorial videos from Microsoft. So it was uh-huh. about uh, three days of work and then, a, you know, a few hours in their, in their studio. And this was, you know, it was a contract job essentially. But what I liked about it was that it had a very definite timeline. Exactly. You know, it's like I knew it would take a few days of work, and then you go and shoot it, and it's done. And I, and I don't have, you know, I don't have anything else I have to do there. And exactly. I reasoned, well, you know, I can take that small amount of time, given the, you know, the money that was offered, etc. No, so, no, for sure. So if you do things smart, like you did, and and like I did, to make a few extra bucks, um, yeah, you know, I think it'd be okay. Yeah, the key to this is that you knew what you were getting into and there was a definite end. We knew what we were getting into and there was a definite end. And I'm sure Microsoft, just like Arn, knew that you have a project you're currently working on as an indie developer, right? Exactly. So kind of like, hey, if something comes up, I come first, not you, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's in a respectful, mutually respectful way. Sure. And that's it. Then then that's a golden deal because you're technically partnering with them, mm-hmm. not working for them. Right, right. Excellent. Yeah, no, Perfect. All right, so um, uh, so three weeks in, let's continue. Three weeks so, in. So one yeah. of the best parts of it is, you know, whenever I look at my calendar, it's so remarkably empty. I, uh-huh. I just love that. There's no... There's you mean no, Fantastical, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah, of um, course, just making sure. You know, I, I, actually, I got to say, I'm using Fantastical and BusyCal. BusyCal is pretty awesome, too. Okay. Um, just, you know, because it is, right? So anyway... Um, Seeing the emptiness, seeing the, the, you know, no meetings that I have to do is just wonderful. Seeing the open canvas of productivity. Yes. It just, to me, it's, it makes me think of football when you, you're the guy with the ball and you've broken through the tacklers and you've got 50 yards between you and the end zone and it's just all green. Just I love open it. Open field running, right? That's what it feels I like. I love it, dude. It's really, really, really cool. It's liberating, right? It absolutely is, yeah. Yeah, and I admit, like I said on last show, on our last show, you know, I am. I'm in essence living vicariously through you because I know the feeling of going indie. And you were indie once, so mm-hmm. it's almost even doubly great for you because it's getting back to something you gave up that you might have had some regrets on or not, whatever. But the point is, is there's an excitement that I can tell from you going through the things that I went through and you went mm-hmm. through in your prior. Oh, shit. That's just it's it, it's it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. And that's that that hopefully means good apps. Yeah. Well, this is actually my my third time going indie. And, uh, third yes Ooh. it is but this time this time it, it will stick right? third time's a charm absolutely well the, the other the other times I had good reasons for stopping this time yeah. I'm decided that even good reasons aren't good enough interesting interesting yeah. well that's good mm-hmm. so okay so you had this blank schedule on Fantastical yep. Yep. <laughs> and basically you know what differences do you see so let's say you have someone that's in a role that they either hate or they have ideas that they maybe they're in a role they love, but they have ideas that they want to do, and they're kind of thinking about going indie, and they're like, 
well, okay, well, Brent's done this three times now, so he has experience, but it doesn't matter. I think experience or not, there's almost a, as you said, seeing the green field in front of you, there's almost this opportunity that once you go indie, the sky's the limit, right? Mm, absolutely. So what, what can you share about that with you know our listeners in the sense of like your feeling right now about going from, let's say, a corporate environment where, look, let's face it, you had a job, they were paying you, you had to mm-hmm. do what they told you to do, yeah, as, as it should be. But what 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 kind of differences do you see and what are some of maybe even the pros and cons between being in a structured company where you do have something to do every day where your work is kind of, in a sense, laid out for you versus being indie where you're the boss and you have to create everything? Well, even though I was working for a company, I had a a, a ton of autonomy. And then when we went to work on Glassboard, I wasn't I wasn't the boss, but I had. You know, I was a boss, sort of, if that makes sense. So, you know, it's it's not like I was ever an employee where I was just, you know, told what to do on a daily basis. I mean, I was creating these things myself uh, with other people, but still. Uh, nevertheless, in that corporate environment, there are always executives and the board of directors and whoever else. And they have certain meddlers. Yes, meddlers. They have certain expectations, right? And, and maybe of course, of course, they have those expe- expectations because you set those expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you said, okay, we're going to ship in July. Well, you know, and July comes around and you haven't shipped yet, and people are not happy. That's right. And and that kind of sucks, right? So then you realize, well, we really need two more months. We're really not going to be able to ship a good version. Uh, the version we want to ship until September, say. Uh, but because people aren't happy, you end up not doing everything um, that you wanted to do, and you end up shipping in August instead, just to keep other folks happy. Um, that kind of thing absolutely sucks. And, oh, yeah. And I, I figure anyone working in a corporate environment of, of any kind uh, probably can relate. You know. and, and those executives... People, they probably have really good reasons for, um, for their expectations. Uh, and there may be, it may be very good business that you shipped in August instead of September. On the other hand, I do this because I want to do the very best software that I possibly can. And I like the feeling of knowing with the people I'm working now or with now that we will ship but we won't ship until we all agree it's ready to ship. And we don't want that to take extra time, but we will allow it to take extra time if needed. Gotcha. And that's, that's a very different scenario than uh, working at a bigger company. And more importantly now, it's kind of up to you to create the product, so to speak. I mean, sure, you were creating the product at Glassboard and prior, but in essence now, you really are creating the product. Yeah, absolutely, yep. Yep. All right. Well, that's uh, that's a big change. So, how does that how does that affect what you make versus being in, let's say, a corporate environment? Well, it it allows for more experimentation for one thing. It it allows a lot more uh, a lot more work on the UI side of things. Uh, with Glassboard user interface, of course, was as it should be. You know, the the priority, right? We wanted it to be awesome, but. We never had time to uh, try a whole bunch of different things and, and just look around and keep refining and, and keep making changes until we were sure this was the very best possible thing. Uh, now with the work I'm doing, uh, we can. We absolutely can experiment and, and try different stuff. And you know, whether it's big changes or small tweaks, we can just keep going over it and over it and over it until we're sure that this is the right thing to do. Yeah. And take that time, you know, because it really, really matters. It matters so much to the success of the application. And it's, in any corporate environment, it's hard to explain that to anybody, that we need to essentially fuck around with it until it's awesome. And we don't yeah. know how long that's going to take. <laughs> well, that's that's both the liberating, scary, and responsible part of being indie, right? Mm-hmm when you work for this company, like we talked about the executives and board members and all the meddlers, they kind of have set dates, whether it be for stockholders, whether it be for news, whether it be for partnerships, doesn't matter, right? There's things that just are out of your control. Hey, we have to ship by the 31st of October, too bad, right? Like you just do it and it may suck and maybe decisions, but you do it. And I have to say, 
sometimes having a hard deadline, whether you're ready or not, can be good. We, we can probably talk on a whole episode about that. Mm-hmm. But um, when you're indie, like you just said, and this is the key of why I love being indie, is you can push the dates further, unless there is some, obviously, pressingly good reason to do it. Sure. But you you can make these decisions. You can be the boss, and you can be the person that, I guess, loser dies by the sword, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's a great thing because your product will be your product, not something artificially, potentially artificially, dictated by deadlines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because being di- dictated by deadlines sucks. Sorry, it sucks. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. You know, I still set... Set, um, I still set dates and they're usually fairly aggressive and, oh, yeah. and I'm not going to meet them, but you know, I try, this is just a trick to help me remain productive basically. See, I'm glad you brought this up. So I'll tell you a little side story with Kent, my business partner. Mm-hmm. He's probably listening right now. He might be cursing out the show, but hey, Kent. it's fine. I can't. So, um, I've talked to him about dates. Okay. I've been doing this a really long time and I'm really good at this. I feel like I'm really good at this, right? Like there's things I know I'm not so good at, or there's things I think I have to get better at. But the one thing I'm really good at is kind of like leading projects, kind of visualizing the whole scope of it, what needs to get done and kind of being like wasting time or let's cut this out or let's, we can get this done by this date, right? Mm -hmm. Now dates suck. You're never going to hit the date you want unless you just say, well, we're shipping with bugs. Right. But for me, Having a date, and I'm glad, again, you said what you said. Having a date lets you focus on something. And if you don't set a date, then you're really just going and going and going. And one day you'll be like, well, I guess it's ready to ship. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're like, okay, well, we, we have a lot of work. We should be able to get most of it done, let's just say, in three months, right? You know, mm-hmm. vis- trying to do like a visualization of it. So we're going to ship April 1st, right? right? That's our goal, April 1st. Let's, let's ship April 1st. Now, Kent will tend to say, well, no, it's impossible. We just won't ship by then. It's impossible. We have too much stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, if we say it's impossible, it's going to be impossible. Like, my whole problem with not setting a ship date is if you don't set it, then you definitely won't ship on that date. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know where I'm coming from, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but if you set that date, okay, fine. When that date comes, you can make different decisions, cut things out, make different choices, whatevs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at least when that date comes, you at least, I would hope, you worked as hard as you could to at least make that date. Mm-hmm. And I would think that when that date comes, if you could have a time machine and go back, whether you set that date or didn't set that date, you'd be more productive having that date. I think so, yeah. All right, well, anyway, yeah, so that's personal philosophy. I've seen it work. I've used it. I've leveraged it. Um, in in the past few weeks, Kent has come around because I finally said, well, listen, just, just you know, you, obviously you can't humor me. You have to actually believe in this because if you say, well, I'm just going to tell you a date and then ignore it, it doesn't work, right? Right. But at least try this. Mm-hmm. Try to ship on this date. Don't think about that you can't. Think about that you can. And I'm kind of an optimist. I mean, I am not kind of. I'm an optimist. I am definitely an inspirational kind of guy. And it's like, if you don't believe it's not going to ship, then you're done. You're doomed. You've already not, you, you, you told me it's not going to ship. Mm-hmm. But if, if there's just that possibility it could or that it could be so much better by that date than it would without it, why wouldn't you be willing to at least push yourself and do the best you can do? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's it. That's, that's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, for me, I almost feel like it's a, a temperamental thing or, or an issue of temperament, which is I can't imagine not shipping. Not shipping isn't, doesn't enter my head. I've shipped everything that I've worked on, you know, aside from the things that I spend like one evening on. Everything I've worked on, I've shipped. And I've always, always set a date. And I've always worked really, really hard up until that date and beyond if necessary, of course. Exactly. And it's almost, it's almost inevitably beyond, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. But, but I treat that date as if it's the date, you know, until I yep. can't anymore. Yep. Um, but it's just like, not sure how to describe it. It's, it's yeah, I, I just make myself do it. And it's without that date, I, I try to explain this to Kent and I think, well, I know what you're saying. Without that date, you're just working. You're just yeah. doing work. Mm-hmm. You're just every day, well, I'll chip away at this. I'll chip away at that. You're just arbitrarily doing work. Mm-hmm. But with that date, you're working to a goal to ship something on a date. Mm-hmm. And it just makes all of the pieces come together so much better because you try to think about, well, what should I push? What should I push off? Put off? Mm-hmm. What should I push push forward, et cetera, Right. Right. And I, I just, I'm positive having a date that you work towards makes you get pretty close to that date. I think so. And I, you touched on the point 
too, that um, having that date forces you to make decisions about what to cut. And I think that can be so valuable, especially when heading toward a 1.0, right? Absolutely. Because In fact, your 1.0, there's a lot of people who talk about this. Your 1.0 should really be, so you should basically sit down and design your 2.0 and then ship your 1.0. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you're never going to get everything in your 1.0. Yeah, yeah, never. Although I'm the uh, I'm the king of oh come on just one more thing one more oh oh release Canada one just throw it in there who cares right? no no one will have any clue yeah just It'll throw it in for you It'll take it out. come on Ken throw it in uncomment that and throw it back in come on yeah. like and then you know some I mean here's the thing if it's something really small like let's say we had some I don't know graphic banner or something that was like a visual thing. Mm-hmm. You can make those changes at RC1, but you really don't want to be playing around with functionality because you introduce bugs. Absolutely, yeah. Do you have time to test all that stuff to exactly. really make sure it was the right change and that it works with all combinations of stuff? Yeah. yeah so I will, uh, I'll, I'll make a little announcement for our listeners because I should get some little bonus stuff, but uh, we just submitted Fantastical for iPhone 1.1 today. Woo! And um, this will be the uh, first and probably only public announcement of this until it comes out. Cause okay. I'm not one of, I don't know if you've seen some people who'll tweet like, oh, we've submitted to the app store. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, well, great. Now you have to wait. Right. Yeah. Right. And then if it gets, if it gets rejected or something bad happens, right, then you're making them wait even more. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm, I like to tease. Surely you saw fantastic house teaser. Teasing is great, but you have to have control teasing. And unfortunately when you're submitting to the app store, there's no control. There's none, none, none at all. None at all, but we submitted today. That's why I'm only announcing it here. But the amazing thing about one one, why I'm bringing this up is, you know, right up until the time you submit, you really, oh, should we change this? Oh, what about this behavior? Oh, you know, we never made that decision about, you know, and that can really put you off weeks, right? Because you can just sit there and let every day go by, right? And three turns into seven and seven turns into 14. And now all of a sudden it's two weeks later and you haven't made decisions. Mm-hmm. It's very like, like just bad. <laughs> It is. And we finally were like, okay, it's done. You know, one, one is done. We have all the features in, no one's reporting bugs. Everyone, you know, bugs that were reported are fixed. Um, uh, one other little thing I'll just tell our listeners is one, one is a huge update. I mean, it could be one five. So when we launched 1.0 back in November, obviously Fantastical did amazing, right? It shot to the top of the charts and, you know, due to the success and due to the support we have from our users, Look, we have an obligation to our users regardless, but on an app that's been this popular, we have a big obligation to get it as right as we can. Mm-hmm. And we kind of went nuts. Um, we actually hired a friend who did some contract work with us, you know, to, to kind of expedite things. And basically in under three months, really two months, if you think about it, um, we've added, as far as we know, every requested feature, you know, the, the, with mm-hmm. sh- surely the top requested features. Yeah. So for those of you who are using Fantastical that are missing a feature or feel like you want to set something or change something or do something, I think one, one will solve your problems and your concerns. Does it still have the staples? Well, that's not a problem <laughs> or a concern. Wait, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Just asking though. I, I, I sure. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day. Uh, you probably don't want to hear this, but he didn't realize. Uh, I, here's the thing. I've heard it enough. I don't, but go for it. He, he didn't realize those were staples until he heard us talking about it on Identical Cousins. No, so what did he think they were? A pixel? Just didn't know what they were at all. Yeah. Just that the pixel uh, anomalies? Yeah, just something. Yeah, some. I, I, see, I don't I don't get that. They look like staples or threads. They totally I mean, I just, do to me, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So the big thing is we'll get complaints. All right. So this is the first one, honestly. First one I've heard where they didn't even know that they were staples. Yeah. Well, we'll get a young person. Yeah. We'll get uh, fair enough. We'll get snarky people who say, you know, what's those disturbances at the top or what are those, you know, uh, random pixels where uh, they know yeah, what right. it is. But we have certain people who just pick on them to pick on them. Mm-hmm. And. Okay, there's been a lot, that's an understatement, of skeuomorphism, graphic theming, skeuomorphicism, discussions, right? And I'm just going to you know, I don't have a blog, although I'm getting a blog soon, I think, because just people keep telling me to get a blog. And like at some point, see, there you go. All right. Well, now I'll have to now that that cousin Brent has dictated this, it must happen. Damn it, Michael. Yeah, sorry. All right. Let you down. I'll, I'll try to rectify that soon. Well, yeah, it's easy to do, really. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Just, you know, busy. Well, yeah, of course. You know, I said this, I was on a podcast uh, last week, actually, um, and, oh, man, I always forget the name of this podcast, which is the guy who's going to kill. So the guy's really cool. His name is Mike Hurley. He's a really cool dude. Mm-hmm. 
And why can't I, it's, it, why can't I remember his, uh, po- it's 70 decibels. Sheesh. Okay. 70 decibels. Great podcast. Um, so anyway, uh, I was on his show and we were talking about the blog thing and my thing, why I don't have a blog and why I've never had a blog. Cause you would expect all these years I'd have a blog, right? Of course. I don't want to be put in a situation where I have to blog. So basically, sure. I have thoughts and sure. There's things I want to say, but, and you know, if you know me in person, I say a lot of things, but once you write people listening audience, by the way, uh, (laughs) on this podcast, Michael is actually quite and demure compared to in real life. Just exactly. Mm -hmm. Take Brent's word for it. I'm not lying. Absolutely true. And, um, I, I just see a blog as something where when you write it down and you're going to talk about it and you're going to have someone taking their time to read your, what you have, what you're writing, you have an obligation to write something important, something that's, that's meaningful. Hmm. And I always view having a blog I'm not saying that, that other bloggers don't write meaningful things. I'm talking me only. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I sit down and have a blog, then I'm kind of obligated to write things on an ongoing basis. Because let's, let's say I have something to write today, and then I don't do it for four months. Mm-hmm. Well, no one's going to probably, maybe they'll subscribe to it through RSS, but they're probably not going to be that interested in my blog, right? I won't get like a hot blog. True. And I kind of feel like I, I don't want to have a blog to be forced to say things, and a blog will do that for me, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I've never had a blog. So, I mean, we'll find out. Well, it's about time you start. All right, I'm working on it. I mean, I already have a domain. Kent actually hooked me up with the domain. He's been trying to really encourage me to do this. Mm-hmm. So I have the domain going. So baby steps. And um, what is it? Babysteps.com? Babysteps.com. Actually, should I just give the URL now? Sure, yeah, why not? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna link it in the show notes or anything, just because, right. you know. But it's MacGuitar.me. Oh, okay, cool. Makes sense. That's a good one, right? Yeah, I think so. In fact, Kent bought it for me. So yeah, like nice. they, I mean he's, yeah, he's encouraging me. That's good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. All right. So where was I going? Oh, yeah. So I talk a lot. Wait, no, that wasn't what I was talking about. I don't even remember what I was talking about. Oh, well. God I was nice. talking about something with uh, the blog. How to I get on the blog? Oh, skeuomorphism. Yeah, the oh, staples. Yeah, right. yeah, see? I might be sick in the head, but I'm not you know, losing my memory just yet. So the staples, basically, um, the, skeuomorphism, as you know, right? People were talking about how an app that's skinned is not skeuomorphism. Mm-hmm. Skeuomorphism is an actual object, you know, done in software, if you will, right? right. I mean, I'm going to keep this simple, and I don't care. We're probably going to get a lot of hate mail since I even mentioned it, but I'm just going to say this. Fantastical is not meant to be skeuomorphic. It's meant to be a design that looks pretty. It's meant to be a calendar that's visually appealing, that resembles a calendar. I guess you could argue it's skeuomorphic because it resembles a calendar. Right. yeah, sure, yeah. And... When we were designing it with the designer that we were working with at the time, Raji King, part of one of the designs he did had the staples. Mm-hmm. And we thought they were cute and whimsical. Yeah. And that's it. Simple as that. And there are people who hate it. I'm just going to say it. There are people who hate it. But we don't care. Like, that's a design decision we made. And it's, it's for better or worse, what Fantastical is. And if that's bothering people that much, then either we've sorely missed the mark on functionality or they're never going to be happy. Right. I, I can't imagine it's bothering people that much. Look, you had the, the top top paid app and people can look at screenshots before they download it. So yep. clearly what you did is working. Now, yeah, that's a good point. You know, I, I, I wouldn't have thought to say that, but that's actually a good point. If it's so bad and so horrible and so wrong, how did we have the most popular selling app on the app store? Right. The, yeah. The, the proof of making good decisions is quantifiable, right? The revenue. Yeah, sure. I mean, one of the things I like to say, I just, I'm somewhat careful of it because I don't want to say that success. So this was something I talked about at one of the conferences. Success does not equal winning, so to speak. So you can have something successful that you sell a ton of, right? I can name companies that are popular that make millions of dollars that, you know, shitty products. Sure. I'll name one now, Kmart, Mm -hmm. Walmart, right? They're successful because they sell cheap stuff. Yeah. But as a business, as, a, as, as their corporate culture and their, their integrity, and I can go on and on and on, they're shitty companies. Mm-hmm. Though I have to, uh, anyway. So, so my point is, is like, I don't think that success in sales and revenue necessarily equals that you've done a great job. However, on the app store where people, and you can read the reviews, right, mm-hmm. are as critical as they come and as brutal as they come and as trollish as they come, yeah, hitting number one, I'd say we won. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll own that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, but you're not. But a big people company, do, and we're not talking no. about a game, you know, or you know, some kind of gimmick. We're talking about a productivity app. Well, you know what's crazy, and this, I, I do feel proud of this one thing. This is my first iPhone app, Indie. Yeah. Hey. Right. 
Yeah, sure, I was with other companies, but as an independent Michael Simmons, this is my first iPhone app. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's also very humbling. Yeah, that's pretty nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. So, yeah, so when I see the Staples thing, it, 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 what I think bothers me about it is not the Staples. I love the Staples. I, I Obviously, I made the decision to keep them. Mm -hmm. But what bothers me is that people care about that. And that's why when I see these skeuomorphism, skeuomorphic discussions, it bugs me so much. Is because it's like, just make good stuff. Make good design. And if people critique it, then tell them they're entitled to critique it. They don't like it, right? Mm -hmm. That's why there's different colors of cars. That's why there's different elevations of homes. Mm -hmm. That's why there's different colors of iPhones. I mean, obviously, it's not unlimited, but <laughs> right. not everyone's going to like everything, right? Yeah. And, I, and I think too many people in our industry, I know I'm going to get backlash for this, but too many people in our industry want everyone to like everything. Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay to just be yourself, design what you think is best. And look, if you did something bad, then listen to the criticism, because God knows I do things bad, and I love the criticism I get, because it makes me stronger and better. Yeah, sure. But I think with something like the Staples, if that really bothers you that much, like I said, I think the app functionality of the app should be so good that if that's your biggest concern, then we probably did a great job and you probably are really picky and you're never going to be happy anyway. Yeah, sure. Well, there's another aspect to this too, which is it's really, really easy to talk about the Staples in your app. It's harder to talk about the functionality and so on. So when there's something you know that easy to talk about, people tend to talk about it, right? Yeah. You know, because the that, staples, yeah. it's such an easy thing. Like, they could have not had them, or they could right. have them. I mean, it's... Why did they pick red like, for the calendar header? They could have made right. it gray, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's stuff like that. It's, it's, it's an easy target. Easy to pick on. Yeah, right. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. But yeah, so it, just anyway, so the staples are, uh, you know, the staples are a thing that we hear about, and... Uh, you know, there's maybe we'll make maybe we'll make a version. You remember like that that I am rich app that was like a thousand dollars. There you go. We'll make a thousand dollar version and call it Staple Acal <laughs> or Staple Lissacal. Staple Lissacal, yeah. Staple Lissacal, and we'll just you know yeah. sell a staple free version. That's you know we joked around that if we sold a version for let's just say like fifty dollars mm -hmm. on the iPhone store, right? Sure, iPhone App Store yeah. that had like customizable themes. Mm. You know, you could take the staples off. You could change the color of the header. Mm -hmm. Themeable, right? Skinnable. You change the fonts, make them bigger, change them. Yeah. How well would that do? Because there'd be a market for it, surely, right? There's people who want this. There are people who mm. are never happy and they want to customize everything to their heart's content. Yeah, no one's going to pay 50 bucks for that. Well. All right, maybe some guy somewhere. Well, that's, so the whole thing is that $50, let's say you only sell like five copies a day. Yeah, I'm I mean, for fifty bucks, when you could just buy the regular one for yeah, but world worldwide, you get some crazy kook who wants to customize it. Yeah, two fifty a day, dude. You know that's like it's like ninety grand a year. All right, so fine. Let's say you sell three copies a day. I think you sell two two copies world worldwide. I'll bet you could sell three copies a day. All right, maybe one. Maybe. All right, fifty bucks compared to you know that's ten times, right? How much is the normal price? Yeah, it's $5 yeah, is the okay. standard yeah, price. That's, sheesh. Yeah, yeah, it's not worth the effort. All right, Obviously, well, anyway, we wouldn't do, do... No, we wouldn't... No, <laughs> no, just to make it clear, because you know, we're going to get... Oh, I'd buy that, right? In the show notes. Yeah, I'd buy that for 100 yeah, yeah. No, we're not doing that. But um, And we're not adding customization to even the $5 version. Yeah, of course not. You know, we do get emails where I sometimes think about... Well, okay, we might... I will, I will give a little bit of a sneak peek. We may add a light theme... Right. Where, you know, right now it's a dark list sure. and da, da 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 We might do that as an option in settings, right? You should pick light theme. But that's it. And the reason why we're even on the fence about that is, well, the, oh, I, I want the orange theme. And I want, you know what I mean? Like you open up that Pandora's box. Yeah. But I think if we do light and dark, that's cool. That's acceptable. And then kind of people at least have a option. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Not, not, not in one one in case people are wondering. Right, sure. So let's see what else. Back to you. Back to you. Enough well, about me. you know, um... We should probably talk about our sponsor this week. Oh, excellent time to talk about our excellent sponsor. Yes, uh, it is um, the folks at Windows Azure Mobile Services. So we used uh, Azure in Glassboard, and that was our back end. Everything goes through Azure, and it worked wonderfully. We we're very, very happy with it. So the Azure folks have added an additional component to Azure, which is called mobile services. And so instead of you know, building up a server from scratch or, or working at a lower level, you're working at a very, very, very high level. And it's, 
it's part of Azure, so you can use it in conjunction with the other components that already exist. Or you can use it standalone, whatever you want to do. Um, but it, it makes creating backend services for iOS apps really, really darn easy. Uh, you get uh, SQL database storage. You can uh, connect to blob storage and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can send push notifications. You can send emails. Um, it's very extensible. It is, and but there's a ton of it that's built in and really easy to get up, get up and running with. If you need um, a user account system, it supports see, Microsoft, Google, Twitter, and Facebook, so you can have folks authenticate with whatever system you want to support in your app. Um, it comes with an iOS SDK that is available on GitHub, so you can actually see all the source and even contribute if you want to. And really, it's it's just it's amazing. It's it's a piece of cake. So if if you haven't done backend work before, I think you can get up and running with this stuff pretty darn easily. Uh, now you do have to do a little bit of coding in JavaScript, not a ton necessarily, but but a little bit. Uh, though you'll probably be relieved to note you're not doing anything in C sharp or anything like that. It's uh, the system is running Node.js, uh, so you know it. It's very, very cool stuff. Uh, yeah, there's a good chance I'm going to be using it in the future myself. Actually, an excellent chance I'll be using it. So. so tell everyone how they can check it out. And more importantly, I believe they have a free trial and kind of more info, right? They do. You can sign up for 90 days. You get 10 mobile services for free. And, uh, you know, I better look up the URL because I forget already what it is. It's probably windows.azure.com. That's me typing it to see if that's actually it. Windowsazure.com. Windows.azure.com, yeah. Yeah, go there. You know, we'll, we'll, if that's not the exact right URL, I'll have it in our show notes anyway. So. Yeah, and it'll be linked. I'm going to link it in the podcast, so oh, you should be excellent. able to click the link that you see on your podcast right now. Okay. So if you actually go to the uh, windows.azure.com, just to clear it up, is the login. Yeah, uh, like login, yeah. and windowsazure.com without the dot in between is the plat is the like information site. All right, type some more just to double check there. Yeah, so you go to windowsazure.com and look for mobile services and and just go. It's cool. Windows Azure, thank you very much for sponsoring thank us so much, and yeah. uh, a great product and and really good platform. Yeah. Truly. I, I was just amazed at how easy setting this stuff up was. I'm like, wow, holy cow. I thought I was going to have to learn Ruby on Rails and learn how to run a server and all this stuff. Nope. Okay, well, good. Check it out. We, uh, we uh, appreciate them supporting us. Definitely. So let's see. What else is going on? Um, so your plans are kind of what? Just focusing on development and uh, getting an app shipped? I mean, anything you want to talk about right now or anything you don't want to talk about? I mean, what, what's kind of your plan? So you're in, you're three weeks in, everything's three going great. In. What's next? Well, let's see. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just writing code right now. And, you know, my plan is to finish this and ship it and then uh, do more versions of it, you know? That, that's essentially the plan. So just writing code and, you know, doing what you do. Yeah, absolutely. And just, so, you know, I just love it. I, I feel different, you know, when I'm at work. It's, you know, I don't have the nagging thought in the back of my head that there are, you know, people somewhere who need things from me, like, really fast, you know. Yeah, and no pressure, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just, you know, there is, there is that pressure of, oh, I want to do a great job and I want to ship when we said we'd ship and so on. But that's an easy, I'm used to that pressure. That's nothing. That's, you know, that's... That's enjoyable. Well, the pressure shifts. Right? The yeah. pressure shifts, yeah. which is it shifts to a good place. Mm -hmm. That's exactly. It right. shifts to the places where you want pressure. Mm -hmm. Actually, you know what? That is a great. If someone asked me, you know, what's it like to be an indie developer? You know, how does it compare to working for corporations? Because you know, I worked at Apple and other bigger corporations. Well, not bigger than Apple, but big corporations. Mm -hmm. um, the pressure shifts when you're at a company like Apple or a corporation or even a smaller company that's you know like a size of Glassboard. You're under pressure, so to speak, to fulfill a role and a need. But when it's your own, you're now under pressure to actually like make great stuff and pay your bills, yeah. which then all trickles down to obviously getting your stuff done. But you're doing the stuff you love. I don't know. It's just it's such a it's such a great feeling being an indie developer because basically the things you're worrying about now, which is how to pay your bills, 
don't really have to be worried about because you just make great things and then everything else kind of falls into line. It's just, it's, it's like a, it's like a redirection of the pressure and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the pressure you want to have. It's, it's the pressure where you have the, the responsibility and the authority and the, yeah. Yeah. It's the pressure that makes you allow, I shouldn't say makes you, that lets you make great things. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because as you just said, you're now the boss, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be in a meeting where they're, oh, that's not a good idea. That won't fit into our thing. We don't have the budget. We can't do this. You know, no, uh, whatever. Yeah. You can make the decision now. You don't now have the bottleneck of boss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. You're the boss. Yep. Which is a good thing. Yeah. And that means if you fail, it's all on you. But that's, you know, wouldn't you rather it be that way? Yeah. So, okay. So I guess from the indie point of view, things are moving along. You're loving it. Oh, yeah. You're, uh, you're, you're, you don't, you're not looking back and this is it. Not looking back. No way. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. So we don't really talk about news anymore, but there's something I want to talk about. Okay. You know this new, uh, what is it, Mailbox app? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. What, I, did, I didn't sign up for it. No. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't sign up. I didn't either. Yeah. I don't get email anymore. I don't, well, I get email, but I just, I don't see, oh, man. I'm just opening up doors today, aren't I? Yeah. I just don't see the problem with email. Like, you get email. You either can, on demand as you get it, send quick replies, right? They don't have to be novellas. Mm -hmm. You just get rid of your email. Like, how are people backing up 800 emails? Like, I just I, I just don't get it. Like, how, how are you getting to a point where your inbox is 70? Like, that has to be over time. I mean, yeah. I... I, I I like to think I know a lot of people and I have a lot of emails out there and, you know, people I work with and people I'm advising and friends and life, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm averaging a certain amount of emails a day. I'll just, I'll, I'll say it's probably like 15, mm -hmm. maybe 30 on a bad day, maybe higher on a bad day. But my point is, we'll just say 15 to 30 emails, right? right. Well, if you take about roughly a minute per email, and it shouldn't take that long to reply to emails unless you have to get someone something, which then you can reply and yeah, say, I have sure. to work on this, I'll get back to you. How do you not clear that stuff out every day? Yeah, I don't know. So then you have a product like Mailbox, which I have to say solves the problem of email for people who have a problem with email. Mm -hmm. I, I, have, I actually think it solves it very well. I like the idea of pausing an email. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't like the idea of pausing an email multiple times. Like, I think they should actually force you, like, after the second pause, be like, dude, should, like, give, like, you know, daily affirmations. But, well, I guess it would be negative affirmations, <laughs> but, like... What would that be anyway? But like saying, you know, reply to this guy. How dare you, right? You know, you wouldn't like it if someone did this to you, right? Right. Like, I, I guess what I, I just don't get about the app overall, though, is the whole waiting period club line thing. Do you know about this? It's beautiful marketing. That's what that is. I, I, I'm a marketer yeah. and I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. I, well, I, it's, so it's a gimmick, but it, I think it's remarkably effective. Okay. So I can definitely take a stand back and be like, wow, yeah. they really, they really manipulated this. Yep. Or are, are taking advantage. So, okay, there's no way for me to know, just so you know, I have nothing against them. I think they're great. You know, I think they're great guys making a great product. Sure. And I don't know that any of this is nefarious or not. But <laughs> the question is, is did they plan this all along to get hype? Or was this actually a solution to a problem because they couldn't handle the server load? I don't know that we'll never know the true answer. I think it's, it's a, a solution to a problem. And they may have at some point recognized, hey, this really works for hype. So, hey, cool. But I, I, I honestly think it's it a just seems to a so well planned that I can't see it being a solution that came to a problem. In other words, it's so perfect. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Well, and that's why when you said it's great, I'm not denying it's not great. It's like marketing. Yeah, you know, books should be written about this trick. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah, so it's well planned. But if you're an engineer and you have you know, and you're trying to solve a problem, you plan it out really, really well, right? All right, so our servers can't handle this load. Picture how this would go, right? Our servers can't handle this load. What are we going to do? Well, what if we have the app where they could download it, and then they just sit there, and they're in a waiting queue until they can get it? And then that would build... I don't know. Like, I just... I, I, I work with engineers, and I, I have an engineering mind from a development point of view, and I just... I don't see that coming up organically. Uh, yeah, but you know... I, what I, I mean, hey, like, I, I don't want to turn this into a hate against them, because I think it's brilliant, but well, yeah, I, 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 I also that. don't like it at the same time, because it's sort of like... Make an app. Like, if it's really a good app and you're trying to solve people's problems, then launch it where it can support the traffic. Uh -huh, right. I mean, they have a ton of funding, I think, right? Right, sure, yeah. And as far as I know, they're doing well. Mm -hmm. And if you believe the numbers that, I mean, the last time I saw someone had like a number, like there were 900,000 plus people in front of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. Do you think there's really over a million people waiting to try that app? I a million? Have, I have no idea. It beats me. All right, well, I, it, someone's, 
Someone posted a screenshot the other day saying, oh boy, and it was like 900 and something thousand people waiting in front of them. Yeah, okay. So here's another thing. If you ship an app and you release it where you can download it on the app store, mm-hmm. and it's like you can't use this until 900,000 other people have, what do you think? Be honest. <laughs> I would never in a Work with me years, here, Simmons. Work with me. I would never have okayed this. I would never have done this. Thank you. That's all. I just, want, I just want to make sure that... On the other I want hand, to make sure, that, yeah, you know, that, if that idea had come up and I... Hadn't done it, and then I'd seen these guys do it, and to such great effect, uh, you know, I'd have been kicking myself. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I think it's the only thing you could do once. For God's sakes, don't anybody ever, ever do this um, again. I've, I've already, then, I've already, there's already another app doing it oh, now. I'm geez. not gonna. I'm, I'm just, the only reason why I don't want to name the name is because then it's like you know they're getting free promo publicity, yeah, okay, right? Yeah, don't don't say who it is. No, there's another app already it's doing just it. It's wrong. It's totally wrong. Yeah. So this is going to be the new thing now. You realize? Yeah. Well, I'm this not, is the new marketing trick. So, when, you know, when I saw that this app was doing it, uh, well, when I first saw about this app, I'm like, oh, it looks interesting. Maybe I'll go get it. And then I saw about this Q thing. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, you know what's Nobody funny? Arn, time for that. Yeah. Arn told me about it and told me I needed to download it just to see the Q. Mm. Actually, I did download it because he's like, you got to see this. Like from a marketing point of view, you got to right. see this, right? And he's like, it's so compelling. It's like waiting in a club. And like the funnier thing is, do you know that this thing's dynamic? So you're watching the screen and it's like people in front of you, people behind you, right? Because mm-hmm. the people behind you mean that they've signed up after you. So right. it's like being in a line, right? Mm-hmm. So you see the numbers going up and down as people are getting approved and people are signing up. So it's like literally in real time, 100% dynamic. It's counting up and down. I wonder how much, how many man hours have now been wasted watching that stupid dynamic queue. And this is where I have a problem with the whole thing. If you're a company building an email client that's trying to improve productivity, and this is how you're solving the problem, have you really solved the problem or made it worse? No. (laughs) I I was actually, there's another discussion I had with someone recently. I like to say solving problems a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And the person was kind of saying, well, that that goes, you know, that that goes without saying, right? Mm -hmm. And he kind of didn't like the fact that I say solving a problem a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but that's... That's actually the problem with a lot of apps today is they don't solve a problem. Mm. So we can argue Mailbox, the app itself, solves a problem. But for 900 and something thousand people sitting there wasting their time checking an app to get the app, haven't you in essence made their life worse and their email backed up even more? Yeah, of course. So you can't deliver them a solution that you promised them? Yeah. And I'm curious, actually, now you know what? Maybe I will do a little hatred on them. (laughs) Does it even say when you download the app that this is going to be the experience. I'm surprised that that would even get through the App Store, actually. That's a good point. The fact that you can buy an app that doesn't work right away. Yeah, no, no, get this. So, Brent, no, nowhere on, it says here, all right, currently filling reservations on a first-come, first-served basis. Download to reserve your spot, then watch the line move. For details on the reservation system, visit blah, 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 URL. And then it's like, currently only for Gmail, other platforms coming soon, then it goes on. But nowhere in the screenshots does it show that. And yeah, how is Apple allowing an app that basically doesn't provide functionality until a certain amount of time. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, there you go. Yeah. And I see a lot of people saying the app is great, and um, I, I haven't been able to try it, so I can't comment. But based on what I see, I don't have this problem because I get my email done, but I see how it could be helpful to people. Uh-huh. You know, delay this till later. Get it out of my view. Obviously, these are people who don't work with pressure, right? Sure. I, I, oh my God, I have 12 emails pending and then it's like, now it's 20. Oh my God. And then it gets out of control and then they have 80 and they just don't even want to do it then. Right? right. So this puts it out of your view and then you don't have to worry about it. But again, you know, 900 and something thousand people are waiting to download this app. That bothers me as a software developer who wants to solve problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if it was released before it was prime time, then you know what? Make it a limited trial that is only a hundred testers mm-hmm. or put the app up and then pull it. Well, they would, you know, have a reservation system online at least. And like once your reservation comes through, then you can go download the app. Yeah, but that, how would that work? Because then if the app's on the app store, people are still going to want to get it. Yeah, sure. And, and so they I, might. And, you know, what they, they should have done the app, is they should have launched. Shouldn't be to do that. Yeah, they should have launched the app and then pulled it. Because you've seen other developers do this. Mm-hmm. We can't support it, right? So they pull it. Yeah. They should have pulled it. And then on their website said, you know, sorry, we need to pull this, sign up here and get the big get notified when, when it's back up. Right. Sure. Now, I think what they're doing is, is also they're only doing a few people at a time. Mm-hmm. So that way they can see the loads, right? And when there's a problem, they just stop. Yeah. And then they can kind of uh, adapt and adjust. 
Yeah, I mean, but my I, other I, question I see why is they're doing what they're doing. I, actually, my other question is why do they even need to? If, if it's just email and it's an email client, what? What 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 intervention does their app have? In other words, is this a security issue that all of your email is going through them? It probably is. Yeah. Has anyone talked about this? I don't know. I haven't paid that much attention. Because there's there's this other app. Did you hear about this new calendar app that just came out? It's actually pretty nice. I have to actually give them props. It's a nice app. Mm, no. It's called. Uh, it's called. Should I be giving competitors apps? I don't care. My <laughs> app's better. It's called Sunrise. Sunrise. Basically, it's this free calendar that. Links with like Facebook, LinkedIn, it's a totally different problem than we're solving. Think of it like a social calendar. And you basically, it's almost like looking at a timeline of your events as friends, so Mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. It just, it's it's really beautiful and it's nicely done, but you have to all go through their server. Everything goes through their server. What kind of security issue, uh, you know, uh, I mean, do you want everything on your calendar going through another service that's free? The app's free? I do not. Back to Mailbox. The app is free, and clearly all of your emails go through their server. Mm-hmm. Is that what you would want? No way. Yeah, no. But yet, you know, 900-something thousand people are in line to sign up for this. <sighs> yeah, I know. We've totally, yeah. totally digressed, and I don't know how we even got to here, but, like, actually now thinking about that, I'm shocked. A, Apple allowed this on the App Store. Your point is valid. Yeah. And B, how is there an email app that you need a server to use the app when it's just Gmail? Yeah. I'm betting oh. push notifications. And they couldn't support all the users? Because then that would like go back to sort of that this was a orchestrated, and the company's called Orchestra, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, seriously, orchestrated uh, event. That, you know, they're intentionally keeping people back. Because, come on, push notifications, you can handle a million users easy. It's just a push notification server, big deal. Yeah, sure, but you have to you have to read all these accounts to find out when there's a new email that needs a push notification. And that's an awful lot of polling, I assume. Yeah, but from what I understand, I mean, I don't know push notifications as well as, like, companies that do this, like an Urban Airship or whatever, but... Like Apple's apps or CNN or these other companies. I mean, they're doing all this stuff on mad scale. Right, sure. But CNN, like think of CNN when there's a new headline. and that yeah, It's one thing that gets pushed to everyone. Right. This is per user. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I get it. It's unique changes. ideas. Yeah. Right. So they have to somehow read the, read the mail from Gmail, know that there's a new mail, and send a push notification to that one person. See, and there again, I mean, do you really want them knowing that you have mail and what you did and who it is? And obviously the information has to be in there because it has to push you the message or not. I mean, who knows? Maybe it just keeps the message hidden and they never see the messages. They just get some kind of ID. But But you've given access to your email to... Yeah, for sure. I I assume, yeah. I just a lot of questions about this. And as I said, I'll go back to what you said. Great marketing idea. Drew a lot of attention. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone wants to be online. I get it. Great. But I don't know, like, I always thought, especially being Apple developers, I'm not saying they are, I'm saying you and I are, I'm talking you and I right now. I always thought, like, the thing we aspire to is not using gimmicks. The thing that we aspire to is just making great stuff and surprising and delighting with what you've made, Mm -hmm. not having to come up with a trick. And I thought also in our industry, when there have been people who come up with tricks who will remain nameless, that we kind of go crazy to say, hey, they're tricking us. Oh, what kind of bullshit, you know, is this? I think immediately of disco, right? No, I, I'm. I, I don't want to name names. I, I, I do. Just, I don't mind naming names. Well, you can name names. I'm going to be quiet. Here. Right. So, so the thing about this, what, what's the app called? Mailbox again. Everyone should download Mailbox. 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 Um, yeah, they'll be up to like two million because uh, we have over a million <laughs> listeners at least. Yeah, totally. So the thing is, once we get past this queue issue and everyone's on board, from what I've read of the app, it sounds like it does surprise and delight and solves problems very nicely. That, that it's actually, you know, maybe not for everybody, but a good app with some interesting features and is well done. Yeah, short version is I think the app looks beautiful. I think I'm most disappointed because they made something great and then instead of just letting it stand on its own legs, did this. That's I think my biggest problem with this. So what if though you That they could be better than this. What if you you really don't know how your backend's gonna stand up to an onslaught of people? There's a more... Man, I, I just got to say, there's a more respectable way to do it to your users. There's more respectable ways to handle it than a marketing gimmick. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, you can say life to hands of lemons turn into lemonade, mm-hmm. right? Sure. This is a limitation. Let's turn it into something good that's a benefit. Okay, you know what? I, again, I, I'm not going to, even though I am judging them, I'm, I'm not going to judge them completely and just make a decision. I'm just telling you sort of how my feelings are going. Right. But I, 
I see this thing being too polished and too too well done that I don't think it was organic. Hmm. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm never going to say I know for a fact, but it just seems but too... So, okay, speaking again as, as Mac and yeah, yeah. iOS sure, developers, sure. you and me. So if you have a lemon, if you have something you have to do, and you're like, you wish you didn't have to, but you have to, don't you try to make it the very best experience possible? And it sounds like that's yeah, what they did. Waiting on a line and letting people sit there, wait and watch a number, I don't think that's a great experience. I think it wastes the people's time and, and, and manipulates human emotions into craving their app it's like a well, purely marketing thing well and again this is coming from a marketing person i just i hate when something's so marketing that it's like like apple doesn't sell their products apple's just like hey here's what we have and gets people excited because it's good stuff i'm just saying given given the decision to have a queue of some kind all right here we go right, what if they would have what if they would have given a limited amount of usage to people who couldn't get in because the server loads so basically like you know Sorry, we can only display your first five messages. You know, your your app will become available. Like something oh, you that know at why least that won't work, right? Yeah, because know, as yeah. soon as you do that, everyone will tell everyone the app's okay, but it only shows five of your messages, and that will be all over Google and the App Store, and that's what everyone will think is true of this app. That's the message that yeah. gets sent. Yeah. Yeah. Again, though, I just feel like the whole waiting in line and the whole the whole display of everything is is so manipulative and contrived that it just it goes against their app is so great. This is what I'm trying to say. Their app is so great that this goes against what they obviously aimed for with the app. Mm-hmm. That it just it's it's almost like they could do better than that. Clearly, because they did with the app. Mm-hmm. And I know what you're saying is that well, they tried to solve the problem in a positive way. Right. But I don't know that that's a positive way. Having people sit and wait and having to open and check an app to see if they can use it. Mm-hmm. How about just not ship the app until it's ready? How do you test that back end without real without real users? Is it user's job to test the company's back end? No, and that's why they have a queue so that they don't have to have a million users all at once, a million users who are all testers. Instead, they can add a few at a time. Yeah, but that's testing in essence, I think. Well, is it or, or, or are they only adding people when they know it's going to work? fine at that level so they could have done it yeah i mean again then this takes away the whole appeal of watching for the account they could have done it in a way where it was like okay you get the app and you could sign up for your account at least sign up for it right and then you'll get an email when the app is ready you know we'll send you an email when it's when it's ready for you to use the app right the counter thing okay that is a way to get you to come back and stay hyped on the app but that's sort of the key. What's If you want this app, then when you get an email, if an email comes in, it's like your mailbox is ready. Wouldn't you then go use it regardless? Mm-hmm. See, this is my point is the app is so cool that they don't need the gimmick. Right. People would want to still use the app when they get an email saying your, your mail. This is exactly why I don't like it is because people would want to use the app anyway. Mm-hmm. They obviously signed up, yeah, right? right? They sure. went through the process signing up and they want the app. Yeah. So why, I mean, look, it's, it's a great marketing trick. I'm not going to argue that, but I don't like marketing tricks. Yeah, I, I agree. I just, it just, it just, as an, as, and I might be, you know, an Apple person, but I just, I think they made such a great app and it actually takes away from the great app they made that they're trying to use a gimmick to convince people to use it. Mm-hmm. Well, I put it this way. If I ever see another app do this, I will, I will say that I hate it. But okay. Done, well, there's done there's, ones, there's other done apps. Ones, yeah. Okay. There's other apps doing it. In fact, well, then, um, I think I've already now said it. Right you know now. this. You, you know this Sunrise app that I mentioned. Yeah, that's doing it too. I think they're the ones doing that's it. That's bullshit. Yeah, they should. Let me make sure before I say that. Let's see. Uh, sunrise. And if they're not doing it, I wholeheartedly apologize and say that everyone should go get Sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I have to. I have to. Uh, wait. Hold on a second. I have to see this now. I pick another topic while I look for this because now I have to make sure we don't bash on Sunrise because the app's actually really nice. Yeah, right. Yeah. You heard it here um, first. Sunrise is really nice. From the developer of Fantastic Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, they're solving a different... You know, the truth is they're solving a different problem. So, look, I don't... If another calendar app comes along tomorrow that's better than ours, mm-hmm. so be it. That's great. Sure. You made a better calendar app. And if it's better, then, you know, we'll have to make a better one than yours. Mm-hmm. And if we can, maybe we can't, yeah. right? Yeah. But competition is awesome. I, I don't, for a second, forsake competition. Yeah. But... But with like um, this app, it's a beautiful app, interesting idea, but 
there's, first of all, there's a bunch of things with the implementation that are bad. Like I told you, their personal information has to go on theirs. Secondly, it's free, which, come on, when something's free, you know what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I don't, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, it, it's one of those things that it's a really nice app, but it doesn't do the same thing we do. Mm-hmm. So I can say it's nice because, you know, it yeah. is what it is. So maybe it's not Sunrise that has the uh, app reservation system. Okay, it's somebody else. That's fine. What was the other app that had it, though? Oh, I know what it is. It's that app like, so there's another app that's a calendar app. Everyone's, I guess, you know, doing calendar apps now, right? Well, they sell huge, as you know. Oh, yeah, huge. Mm-hmm. It's, um, <laughs> it's called Tempo. Have you heard about this? No. So now, now I said I wouldn't mention them earlier, but whatever. No, I don't I just, follow you know. calendar apps, just so you know. So Tempo, Tempo is from a bunch of the people who made Siri, like that SRI oh, research okay. center or whatever. Mm-hmm. But get this, they have a reservation system. Mm. It says here that the Tempo Calendar app seems to be making big waves as not to overload the servers, that it's now a first-come, first-served reservation. Regular readers may remember that this happened on Mailbox, where we asked if it was kind of a gimmick or alternatively clever solution for heavy demand. And, you know, blah, 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 yeah, blah. Right. But, yeah, no, there is a, uh, they, are, they are doing the reservation system mm. now. This is the new thing, Brent. This is why I'm angry about it is because, you know, it's like now, oh, everyone will do a reservation system. Mm. Oh, look, our app is popular. It's 900,000 people, reservation. Let's just stop now. Not we can go on for hours. Well, no, right? I'm just saying, world, stop doing reservation systems and stop oh, now. Find another perfect. way to test your damn back end. Yeah, you know we we've been able to get by uh, with the web and apps and software for a long time without reservation systems. Well, and that's how I feel. Like when we were talking about the testing earlier, and I will wrap this up because I really could talk about this forever. When I was talking about the testing earlier, the thing, the problem that I see with this is, is okay, you have to test stuff, you have to have scalability and all of this, but People did this before reservations. Yeah, right. So why are you now using marketing gimmicks? I, I don't know. Again, I just think it's so polished, so polished that this was very methodically planned. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so goes the cynic in me. Well, methodically planned doesn't necessarily mean, mean gimmicky, though, also. Well, but it means that they thought about how they could best... Manipulate the situation. Sure. Yeah. All right. Like I said, make a great app. The app will stand on its own two legs. Mm-hmm. And, and and they made such a great app. I, I, I'm serious. Like, I look at the app, I'm like, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. Right. But for who it's for, it's brilliant. Right. Beautiful design. And it's really cool. And the guys seem to be all good guys. You know, oh, I'm sure. re- reading around. They look like a great bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's girls in there, too. Yeah. But my point is, is why would they degrade themselves to that kind of gimmick when they don't need it? Hmm. I, I, I don't know. I just, don't I have, know. I have a pretty high bar, I guess. And I don't know, maybe, you know, for to each their own. I'm not saying that my way is the right way, but to me, it bothers me. Yeah. It bothers me. That's it. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we're out of time again. Oh yeah. It must be. I just like saying we're out of time. Know, it makes me feel it, important. It, it's like. Yeah, yep, we're running up yeah. right up against the Mike Douglas show, so yeah. <laughs> we're out of time. Mike <laughs> Douglas is coming up next, folks. Yeah, you'll have uh, his guests include uh, the Boom Patty Tom Duke, Rats, Patty Duke, Patty Duke, <laughs> and Patty Duke. Yeah, Patty Duke. So, anything else from your end, or any other uh, words of wisdom from Mister BPS or B, P, excuse me, PBS? PBS, PBS. pasteboard system. <laughs> Speaking of pasteboard, there's a new feature in Fantastic Hal One One, and we had to say pasteboard. Mm-hmm. And in the release notes, we're like, no one's going to know what the pasteboard is. Right. So we just said right? copy text. Well, we said copy oh, text. Copy text. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Is it the clipboard, though? Do, I don't even think they call it the clipboard. I think it's called the pasteboard. Yeah, but do normal people think of the clipboard? Yeah, they probably don't. They probably don't ever even think of the word clipboard. But Mac users yeah. for years use the word clipboard. Yeah, it's true. So well, it's like in the app, I'll tell you what the feature is. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Here's a feature. So if you have copied text in the pasteboard... Yeah. When you launch Fantastical, if it's event worthy, it's like, oh, we've detected that you have text. And what it says is we've, d- we've detected you have text on your pasteboard. Mm-hmm. And then there's a button that says create event. Right. And you just tap it and boom, it pastes it right in and creates an event. It's right. beautiful. Cool. But we use the word pasteboard because it's like we've detected an event on your pasteboard. Mm-hmm. How, how else would you say that? You know, we've detected that you've copied text that contains an event. I mean, that's that, not that, any better. That's what I would no. say. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't use the word pasteboard. I would say, yeah, yeah. You, you've copied some text. No, but Apple says pasteboard. If you actually look around, that's what they say. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I would do that. No, I don't think... I, we, we went around on this a lot of times, but... Yeah, maybe... Who knows? If we get enough complaints, we can always change it, right? Yeah, that's right. So... 
There you go. There's a feature in Fantastical 1-1. So when is the show going live? Is it going to be next week, I assume? Yeah, Tuesday, I guess. Tuesday. So this show will go live on February 26th. 26th, February. Cool. Yep. And um, we're recording today on the 20th. So I don't think Fantastical 1-1 will be out yet. All so right. don't get all excited. Probably thinking another, you know, from the time you submit, you know, it could take a week or so. And we have some launch plans because we want to get some good buzz on it. Mm-hmm. Um, probably our competitors, like one of those other apps that I mentioned, Sunrise and Tempo, are probably listening. They'll probably come out with an update to trump us. Yeah, sure. They're on our on our butts. You should write about it on your weblog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But heck, by Tuesday it ought to, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'll buy, buy what is it? I'll, I'll I'll pay you Tuesday next Tuesday for two hamburgers today. Yeah, I can't right. get I, wimpy, right? I will but. gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Exactly. Which Tuesday? Yeah, exactly. That's the problem with wimpy. Exactly. Never pays. So this show, hopefully, let's uh, end it here. This show will hopefully have better levels. I have a tool that I'm going to use, the and um, the levelator. And okay. Brett and I uh, spoke a little bit on the same level this week. Yeah. All right. So uh, hopefully it'll sound a lot better. Let us know. It's a work in progress. And, you know, let's, let's, a couple people said, well, you know, you can fix this. Because I used to be an audio guy. I was actually a film major in college, right? Uh-huh. But this is like a podcast that we're doing. And, like, just I edit it up and I get the levels to where I, they sound good to me. And then I just kind of ship it off. Like, mm. I, I'm not saying I don't want to achieve or strive for the best. But, you know, we're, we're working on it. It's a work in progress. Yeah. Can't spend hours this on this It's only episode thing. 11. I mean, come on. Exactly. Give us a break. And we're up to 87 and, you know. Yeah, if we don't sound awesome by 87, then... Yeah, if we don't sound awesome by 87, I, you can... you can. I'll give you a refund. Yeah, it's fair. Full, Hopefully full we're charging refund. by then. We should be charging by then, right? Yeah, actually we should, yeah. 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 All right, well, without further ado, uh, I am very grateful for our listeners listening. Thank you to our uh, sponsor, Windows Azure. Azure Mobile Services, specifically. Yes, Microsoft Azure. Excuse me. I don't think it's Windows Azure. I actually think it's Microsoft Azure, Microsoft, right? Or is it Windows Azure? It's Microsoft. Yeah, you know, I don't really know. Microsoft ah. Azure, Windows Mobile Services. It's the mobile services okay. part. Yeah, the rest of Azure, cool, whatever. But mobile services, those are the guys. Yeah, and thanks to them again for sponsoring Absolutely. us. And um, I think I'll, uh, I'll let you again sign us off today, Brent. Uh, it's great talking to you as always. Yeah, you too. Goodbye, everybody. Sleep well. <laughs> Adores a minuet, the ballet roots, and crepe Suzette. Our patty loves to rock and roll, a hot dog makes her lose control. What a wild duet, still their cousins, identical cousins, and you find. They laugh alike, they walk alike, at times they even talk alike. You can lose your mind.